We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Action. Don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Almost said it. Almost, I know. know. He he was gonna, but we told him. Um... Today we're going to talk about... Don't sound so excited yeah, about it. Right. Yeah. So, well, we're, kind of a common subject that we've had a couple of times, a couple of podcasts previous. Um, I think maybe just one podcast previous. But the context was much different. Yeah. Well, no, that, yeah, not what I mean. So we were talking about um, people not drawing tags. Yeah. And stuff like that. Oh, you're um, talking about that part of it. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that, that part. So, um, and we were kind of getting on to some people complaining about never drawing tags and the odds and this, that, and the other. Yeah. So, we kind of thought we would, rather than just saying, hey, stop complaining, um, we would come back and offer some... Options. options some uh some things that they can do to alleviate the fact that they didn't draw tag yes um and even if you drew tags and you're just looking for some more opportunities right um kind of like us exactly uh didn't draw antelope this year right uh we were kind of looking around for some opportunities to do that yes um may or may not still do that but uh I, i'm i'm gonna bet that we're gonna Try and find some ways to hunt some antelopes. Yes, I agree. Because um, I really, aside from Maggie having, uh, my daughter Maggie having an antelope tag, I, I would like to put some antelope in the freezer. Yeah. And two is better than one. Two is so, better than one. Because um, they're kind of small. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not that big of creatures. But, um, so yeah, we, we've kind of put together a list here and we're going to run through some, some other kind of opportunities that people can look for in New Mexico and elsewhere. Uh, big game to, opportunities to alleviate um, whether they did or didn't draw tag to alle- to alleviate the uh, the red the red enchilada. Right. Yeah, yeah. Looking for some green enchilada. Looking for some green. Um, but I want to start off with Kyle killed his first turkey this year. I did. Yeah. Um, tell, us, tell us about it. I didn't <clears> get to be there, and I'm bummed out that I wasn't. Um, but tell us tell us about it. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, you and I, you came up and we, we hunted that weekend before. Yeah. Actually. Um, I'd actually been out a couple of times that this season, um, and had just been hunting a certain area. Um, now granted I was, I was hunting on private land, uh, for the majority of the season and, Looking in some areas, but I, I didn't really get out. I I would go for a morning, yeah. and then I have to come back and I have to work. Or I'd go, uh, somebody tell me about a bird that they saw somewhere, and I'd run out. I ran out one evening looking for a bird and found a bird. Didn't even know if it had a beard or anything like that. <clears throat> it was a goblin. But um, that being said, so I didn't. I hadn't put a whole lot of effort into it. You came up, and we actually spent a morning out looking. A, 
looking for birds and didn't see anything. Oh, well, we saw that that gobbler. Where at? On the other side of the lake. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we saw him for a split second before he turned around and headed right back the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was actually uh, the gobbler that I uh, I had been chasing for a couple of other a couple of other days. Yeah. Um, neat little area back in there, but just couldn't. I I don't think I was going to get him away from his hens. To be to be truthful, sure. That, you know. Anyways. Uh, so it was coming down to the last weekend of the season. Uh, I, and Sunday was the last day of the season, May 10th. And I went out on, I told my wife, Hey, I would like to get a turkey. I'm going to take a day and I'm going to go hunt. I'm going to take a whole day. I'm going to go hunt. And so I went out with my, uh, uh, my friend Matt Ordonez, game warden with New Mexico Game and Fish, uh, pretty avid turkey hunter, enjoys doing it a lot. Um, he got two birds on public land this year, uh, so pretty proficient at it. Yep. And uh, met up with him, and we had an area where we kind of wanted to hunt. Um, and we got there first thing in the morning, and we pretty much on the highway <laughs> getting there, pretty much drove past uh, a tom that was strutting on the side of the highway. And so we parked and kind of made our way over there. Um, and as everybody's ever hunted turkey knows, they've got great eyesight. I'm pretty sure they spotted us or at least heard us possibly uh, as we were coming through because we were coming through some scrub brush to try and some scrub oak to try and get to them. And uh, they kind of chirped and, and talked a little bit and he gobbled once and then they went up the hill and they were gone. <clears throat> and so we decided not to, not to spend any more time chasing them because we had some other spots that we wanted to check. So we went on and, uh, driving down this, this little Valley, uh, saw another Tom. And as soon as he saw us, he was headed for the trees. He was gone. <laughs> <clears throat> no, no hens with him. Nothing like that. He was just headed for the trees. Um, we got him to gobble at us once and then nothing. He was, I mean, he was headed, headed for the next, the the next ridge. Yeah. Um, so get back in the truck, keep on driving up this valley. Um, we see another one or another two actually. And this time we were in a good spot where we could stop. We stopped vehicle out of sight. Um, dropped into the drainage, worked our way up, and this one was, was responding. This one was talking to us, gobbling and, and uh, responding to the call. <clears throat> and we were right on the edge of a, uh, an incline there where it kind of went up to a little bench. And we couldn't tell whether he if he was going to come, whether he was going to come to us from the bottom where we saw him or if he was going to come to us from up on the ridge. And so Matt would call and, and I would call and he would, he would gobble and it would sound like he's coming down. So I would, I would get in position down here, you know, down at the bottom of, of, of the hill. And then we'd wait and call a little bit more and he'd gobble and he sounded like he was coming up the ridge. And so I'd get up there and it, it kind of went back and forth like that for 
maybe about five minutes or so. Uh, and finally he committed and he went up to the ridge and I could see him and he was probably, um, he was probably about 70 yards and he was just strutting up on top of this ridge back and forth responding to the calls, but he wasn't coming. And I I'm, don't know why, probably cause he couldn't see any hands or anything like that. <clears throat> so I had a fan that I was using and I kind of worked up to him. And by the time that I decided to go to him, um, he had moved a little bit further up the ridge and I couldn't see him. He'd gotten out of sight. And so I used that fan. I was just kind of real slowly working towards him. And then all of a sudden he was right there. And he was probably at about 50 yards when I saw him that time. And I, I'm certain he saw me that time. You know, I had that fan, but I was <clears throat> I was not, you know, fan only covers my face. Sure. My whole body was still visible. <laughs> and he got one look at me and took off. Um, that was cute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, that, that was that stock blown. <clears throat> but at this point, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. it. You know, it's like, it's like calling in an elk. Yeah. You, you get pretty excited when you got one hooked and you start playing with it and all of that. Um, you know, the, the stock and the stock in them is really, uh, kind of speaking to me versus, uh, setting up and waiting for something right. to maybe come by. Um, so we get back in the, in the, in the truck and we keep on heading up the valley and as we're driving, and I have no idea, um, how I heard it, but as we're driving, I just have my window down. I hear a gobble. Uh, and it's one of those where you're like, did I actually hear that? Or am I imagining it or what? And so I tell Matt, Hey, I heard a gobble. Did you hear that? He goes, man, I didn't hear anything. And, uh. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I heard a gobble. And so we stopped we stopped the truck and and I I'm thinking that I heard it from up on a ridge. Mhm. Um <clears throat> so we stopped the truck and we kind of get out and listen and nothing nothing nothing. Matt's uh, you know, Matt's said, "You sure you heard something?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard something." And so I slammed the door. And shot gobble, there's like two or three gobbles that go off right there. And now, I mean, they are probably within 70 yards. I can't see them, but from 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 hearing them, they were closer than I thought they were. Yeah. They were not on top of the ridge. They were somewhere in in the timber at the at the edge of the timber there. And so we're like, oh crap! And so we get our get all our stuff, you know out of the truck and, and get the fan and everything and kind of work towards them. And, uh, Matt chirps at them and all four of them gobbling. And, and then I, then I see them and it's, it's four Jake's, um, or what I assume were Jake's. Um, and they're coming to us, but, uh, again, I think maybe they probably saw some movement or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so they kind of just hung up and we're trying to get them to come, get them to come. And so at that point, uh, I kind of, again, took the mentality. I'm just going to kind of work towards them with this fan in front of me. At this point, 
I'm on my hands and knees though. I learned my lesson with the last Tom where yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand up and walk towards them like that. So I'm kind of on my hands and knee, knees working towards them and they're not, they're not going anywhere. The problem was, um, I couldn't, they were in dark timber and I could not make out, uh, clearly make out whether or not they had beards. Yeah. They were all four goblin. They were, they all four had, you know, the, the red and blue heads, the snoods, all of that stuff. They, they, everything, everything about them said that they were, they were males, but I couldn't, I couldn't hardly see to, and I, I mean, I was probably at, at this point, maybe at 30 yards looking through my binoculars and could not find a freaking beard. Yeah. I'm like what the heck? And I was real hesitant at this point because, uh, I, I had a buddy who had gone out the week before and had almost that scenario, uh, not four, but had two come in and he, he and another guy, uh, actually Dave Stam Stambaugh, um, uh, who we know he went with him hunting and they had two come in gobbling, and they both, you know, shot them. And turns out, um, my buddies, it had it had the nub where the beard should have been. It had the snood. It had the head. It had everything characteristic. It had spurs. Everything characteristic of a gobbler, but just didn't have the visible beard. Yeah. And so that's what's kind of playing in my mind. You know, I was like, man, I. I just can't see, I can't see a beard. And so Matt calls a little bit more and they, they're just kind of hanging around there. And so at finally they start to kind of move away and I move up a little bit, a little bit closer and they're just kind of pecking and feeding and moving away up this little draw. And I finally see one and I can, I can see a beard. I can see, you know, a real small beard on the one that's feeding in the rear of the group. And they're kind of feeding from right to left, moving up this draw. And so I get set up and I, you know, I watch them kind of go through. I lose, I lose a little bit of sight um, of them as they go behind trees and in between trees. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so um, I'd seen that one and he was in the back and he had a beard and uh watched all the others go through couldn't see beards and that one came through my little window that i had and uh and i shot him and half joking <laughs> i look back at matt i go hope he's got a beard <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that being said, I was fairly certain he had a beard when I shot him with all everything that I had seen. Uh, went up there and one shot, it was, it was a great shot. It's probably, I think we re-ranged it 22 yards I shot yeah. him at. Um, didn't, have to, didn't have to put any more shots in him. Uh, got up there, started kind of looking at him and looking at the breasts. And I'm like, oh, crap. And my heart just drops because... Uh, he had a, about a two and a half inch beard and it blended in with his feathers so well, <laughs> but we did, he did have a beard and I was, I was thankful for that. And, and, you know, of course, Matt gives me a hard time. He's like, man, 
I didn't want to deal with two and two in a week. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, that was really cool. That was, that was a, a fun experience that I hadn't had before. And, you know, I've gone, I've gone turkey hunting a couple of times, never real seriously. Um, but I think I've said it numerous times on this podcast, the more I learn about hunting and hunting different things, the more I want to learn. It's just so, it was so much fun and it's just an awesome excuse to be out in the woods and learning about nature. Yeah. And, and it, and it fits perfectly with what we're talking about here. You know, turkeys know where the counter tag. There, yeah. there's some draw units, you know, like I put in for, for some draw turkey hunts. Um, but it's an over the counter tag for the vast majority of the state. And, you know, it, if that's all you get to do, fine. It, it, it's still a great opportunity. It's still a lot of fun. It still puts meat in the freezer. Um, and I, I'm with you. I haven't hunted turkey a ton extremely seriously. Um, but it's super fun. It's super fun to watch them strut, uh, to call them in. It, it's a lot like elk. Now, it's not the same as, you know, size and all of that but um the style is it's just like hunting very elk, similar you know? yeah uh and it's so much fun and it's really cool uh and it's just one more way to put you know meat in the freezer and enjoy enjoy the outdoors absolutely so. yeah and i it was um now having done that i'm actually really excited i i i am even more on board and gung ho to to go do that the pack, pack trip. trip. I'm I'm we have to do that next year. It got it got floored this year with the whole coronavirus crap. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were dead set to do it, but everything just got blown out of whack. Yeah, and so what do you do? Um, but next year, it it's gonna have to be a must. I want to go uh, and pack in. To a wilderness area um, and hunt turkey for two reasons. Um, one, to hunt, be out in the wilderness. Um, two is we want to, I know, I know that both of us are interested in doing some more wilderness hunting mm-hmm. um, and the pack trips and this, that, and the other. And I think you know, we're all about education. We talk about it all the time. Educate yourself. Um, learn how to do this, that, and the other. And I can't think of a better way to help educate ourselves on a pack trip than to do it for turkey. Yeah. Because you can do it for deer, and I think that that would be pretty manageable. But, like, I don't think that your first... On foot, and I'm not, we're not talking about horses. We're talking about on foot, backpack, backpack, yep. uh, three, four, five day hunt in the wilderness. Um, you're not going to do that first time for an elk. Yeah. Because. Well, you, you could, but you might, you, you you, could, you're probably going to be miserable. There's going to be a lot of unexpected, you know, and this is, uh, you know, going for turkey um, is a good way to work out all the kinks, you know, to to make sure, you know you can start figuring out i need this i need don't need that right um you're not going to be caught caught by surprise having to pack a huge animal out it's just a turkey you know that's that's going to be uh doable very doable um 
and like I said, help us work out the kinks uh, so we can prepare for, uh, and, and I, I would imagine that it's going to be some form of progression. You know, let's go for a turkey, go for a deer, have at it with an elk. Yeah. Um, I know that both of us are very interested in that. We'll, we'll see about Dita. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's all on board for the turkey, but uh, we'll see if we can't get beat some of that Texas out of him and go for an elk. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I'm extremely excited about that. I want to make sure that we do that next year. Um, maybe we'll get lucky and draw one of them over the, or the, draw one of them, uh, draw permits for a turkey. That'd be really fun. That would be a lot of that, fun. That'd be a good one to, to go do. Yes, so, would. um, super excited about that and the prospect of planning that and, uh, you know, how I get about planning the trips and I stuff do. like that. I and, do. And planning one of those would throw a whole new element into the planning of a hunt. So For sure. So um, having said that, we'll we'll move on to the specific topic of, of today's podcast. Um, you know, the draws come out. We're mid-summer. Uh, the... the Turkey season's Te- technically over. Technically early summer. Yeah, but doldrums <laughs> of, yeah, early summer. You're right. We, we get a long ways to go before we can start preparing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the doldrums, you know, like we talked about in a previous podcast. and um, But there's a lot of people out there that didn't draw any tags or, or just drew one or two tags and, and want more opportunity. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and I want to start it with the uh, – we'll, we'll get the hard stuff out of the way first. Um, private land hunting. Yeah. Um, there's there's really no easier way to um, get tags than private land. And, and, you know, you can get elk, deer, antelope, oryx. There's all kinds of opportunities, Barbary, for private land tags. The downside – is the cost. Yeah. Uh, um, well, and I'll add in there private land and or outfitted hunts. Yes, exactly. Um, well, and outfitted hunts are primarily going to be on. Primarily, but you do have the yeah. public land outfitted hunts. And, yeah. And those, but those, most of those are, are those are through, through the draw. You have yeah. already done that. The, the, re, the remaining ones are, are going to be private land. Yeah. yeah. So, and like I said, the, 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 those are the easiest, um, but uh, maybe the most readily available, especially for specific areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're the ones that are going to cost the most money. Yeah. Now, if you're willing to get out there and do the legwork, there's ranchers out there. There's private landowners out there that are willing to let you come on their property for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and but you have to get out there and do the legwork. You have to get out there. There's all kinds of apps out there um, and there are all kinds of ways to access information to find out who owns what and get out there and do the legwork and get permissions to hunt on private property. Right. Even without paying a dime. Yeah. So there's those opportunities. But like I said, uh, the vast majority of them you have to pay for. But but there's opportunities like I said, elk, deer antelope now that's a new thing yeah um uh oryx 
Barbary, mm-hmm. the whole the whole nine yards. You know, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there for private land. Um, aside from that, I think the next best thing is going to be uh, your leftover tax. The crux with leftover taxes is there's a reason they're leftover. There's a reason they're <laughs> leftover. That's and, exactly right. And um, but there are some good. I mean, I've hunted on leftover tax. You know, yeah. I've hunted successfully on leftover tags. There are some good units out there for leftover tags, you know, and I think I think sometimes what happens is is people are, are putting in for quality hunts and, and sometimes a good unit will come up with a leftover tag um, just because, the, you know, other people drew other units and, uh, you know, the way the draw works. Right. Not a lot of people put in for that. I'll take any quarter of the state hunt. Yeah. Um, I know we don't because we have other options generally. Um, and there's a lot of other people like that. So, but there are a lot of leftover tags, particularly for deer. Uh, the vast majority of leftover tags are deer. Um, very rarely is there any leftover elk tags. Um, uh, usually if there's any leftover elk tags, it's usually youth cow or something to some, that effect. Something like that. Um, which brings us to the youth encouragement hunts if if you're if you're a youth uh and you didn't draw a tag there's a great program it's the youth encouragement elk hunts mm-hmm. um those are a first come first serve they are usually gone in a flash um which is probably why they call them flash sales fire <laughs> sales um you got to be quick on the trigger to get those tags yeah you got to be quick on the trigger to get a leftover tag yeah you know um they don't they don't post a date for when the leftover tags go on sale. Um, they'll they'll post it, you know, a, a, a week, week or two before, before but they don't have a date in the proclamation that says this is when the leftover tags are going to come out. Yes. So if you want a leftover tag, that's what you have to do. You have to you have to pay attention to your emails because if you're on the emailing list, you should be on the emailing list for the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. Right. It's a pain in the backside when it comes to um waiting for the draw results to come out because you're waiting for those emails and you keep getting the stupid fish uh stocking and fishing reports yeah show up in your inbox and make your heart leap every time um but but you yeah get on that list uh so you'll get notified when those leftover tags are going to become available yeah uh it's typically on a wednesday at 10 and like I said, you got to be quick. So the list will come out. You can review the list. You can you can pick what hunt you want to try for, and uh, be ready because at nine fifty nine fifty nine, you better be <laughs> clicking, clicking that button. Click that box because <laughs> <laughs> they go quick. And sometimes there's there's some tags that are left over for a while. And those ones are really tough hunts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are like youth archery hunts. or youth muzzleloader, something like that. But but they're still, they, you know, like you said, they're opportunity hunts. It's a chance to get out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It's a chance to get out in nature and to go hunting. And even if the likelihood of getting an animal is small, the experience is huge. Yeah. Because you can learn a lot from failure, a lot more from failure than you can learn from success. So 
particularly if you're a, you know, a, a new hunter. Um, even though it may not be a successful hunt, it's, it's experience. Just like we were talking about, that's why we want to go on a pack trip for Turkey first, because it's experience. Yeah. Um, so it's experience. It's a chance to get out there. Uh, if you have a hunt, whether it's a good one or not, you're going to be, or you should be doing things like target practice and getting in shape. So all of those things that come with it, you're still going to be doing it. So there's no, there's no downside to it. Yeah. So, um, after youth encouragement hunts, um, there's things like over counter barbary. Um, a lot of people will get mad at me for saying this, and I know that the sheep numbers are dwindling, uh, because there's a lot more people that are starting to do the over the counter barbary. Yeah. Particularly because it's a way to get out there. Yeah. It's a year round tag you know it's all year so i mean there's a lot of people that buy that tag even if they've got multiple hunts because they're out in the they're they're out there in the forest they're out there hunting and really you should really you shouldn't be getting mad i mean if that's something that you enjoy doing there's no reason for you to be getting mad because the more of those we can sell Again, that's that's more money towards habitat. It's more money absolutely. towards more hunting opportunities. Yeah. And, and and yeah, absolutely. But it's a specific area. Yeah. For the sake of our, uh, well, I'm not going to mention. Let, the let me let me just area. yeah let me let me just say this. <clears throat> There's a specific area that a lot of people go to. Yes. It is a statewide tag, yes. and there are Barbary in other, other places parts of the, of state. the state. Absolutely. Um, I've actually had people asking me about that on, on Facebook. Um, uh, there are other places in the state than just that unit. Yes. Um, to go hunt Barbary over the counter. Um, so that's good. There, the, the specific units that it, that it excludes, because we say it's statewide, but it's statewide excluding, excluding certain these units. draw units. And those specific draw units are where 90% of the Barbary sheep are yeah so and there's a reason for that there's yeah. a, there's a reason that they have that it, it's similar to the the off-range um orcs tag mm-hmm. on private land the reason that those are over the counter is because they're trying to confine confine that population to that specific area and they're not managing out I won't say that they're trying to confine it they're not managing outside that specific yeah. area and thus uh, it doesn't really matter how many people are out there hunting exactly the, the, the whole point of the draw system is they're managing the viability of that herd for that area correct so these these hunts like that exactly what you just said oryx they're not managing oryx numbers they're not managing for a viable population of off of the missile range. And oftentimes, oftentimes they are doing some sort of control. Yeah. You know, trying to keep keep that population in a geographic area, specifically yeah. for ergs. Ibex. It's the same thing. There's an over-the-counter Ibex tag for off the Floridas. They only want the bar- those Ibex to be on the Floridas. Mm-hmm. They're going to manage that herd. It's a good trophy hunt. But any Ibex that steps off them Floridas is... Open for business. Yep. So, you know, high 
high quality or high success hunt? No. No. Opportunity hunt? Absolutely. And they do kill a couple, you know, one or two or three Ibex off range every year. They probably, the the people that are getting them are probably, and this is purely speculation, but they're probably locals or people that spend a lot of time in that area and and know where they are and are waiting for one of them things to step off. Yep. Um, but uh, it's still opportunity, and that's what we're talking about here. And I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on another thing for uh, for like specifically the Barbary tag. Mm-hmm. It's it it the season is year round, mm-hmm. which means oh, this is gonna touch back to one of our former podcasts. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. That's about the different. Um, land statuses Mm -hmm. Uh, for you to be on state land Mm -hmm. you have to have uh, one of three things either a recreation permit from the state land office Mm -hmm. again um, we talked about this it's not technically true public land it's public land as the funds go towards public resources but uh, it's different from the federal public lands So you either have to have a recreation permit that you purchase from the state land office. You have to have, or you have to have, uh, I guess it's two things. You have to have written or permission from the leasee yeah. on that land. Uh, and I split that into two because one, um, I guess I can split it into three. Either the mineral right leasee, the grazing right leasee, or the wildlife leasee, which is the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. And what that means for you, if you're not the grazing leasee and you're not the mineral leasee or not a friend of the mineral leasee or the grazing leasee, the only way that you can get onto those state lands or are supposed to be on those state lands legally is if you have a valid license for an open season. Yep. Um, and two weeks prior to the hunt to scout. That barber sheep tag year round year round gives you access to state lands year round year round on the entire state on the entire state because it's a statewide tag. Yep, exactly. So it's a good thing to have in your pocket anyway because now you cougar cougar tags the same way. Now as long as the zone's open. Yep. Now you can go. Yeah, I'm not going to say that because I'm not real sure if that got changed or not. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say now you can go hunt coyotes, but I don't know. If, can you? You can't hunt st- coyotes on state land, period. Now can you? Or is it just the contest? Not gonna get into that. Yeah, I did. I just couldn't remember what. Not gonna to get into that, that specifically that because coyotes are not game animals. Correct. I, yeah, I, I understand that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just let's leave that one for another podcast. Right. So another option is fall turkey. Spring turkey's over. Guess what there is? Fall uh, turkey. Second season in the fall. Yeah. Uh, it's not as fun. Not as fun. Because you're not doing the calling. But it's also um, well, opens you can still, you can it still op- call, but it's not the same op- kind of call. It opens it up, though, because it's mm-hmm. any one turkey. Yep. You don't have to worry about the beard. Correct. Correct. It's just a turkey. Go shoot a turkey. Yep. Um. Javelina. Mm-hmm. It, it's another. There's there's 
two there's two options for the javelina. You can look for leftover tags, which there's always leftover always tags. leftover tags. Uh, the other thing that you can look for is the over the counter tag. Mm-hmm. It's a statewide over the counter tag. Mm-hmm. Um, cool thing about the javelina tag is it's a little bit cheaper than the barbary. So if you're just looking for getting that state, now I don't. But the other thing is I don't think it's year round. Um, no. Uh, I got the proclamation. I'll look at it right here. But it is statewide. Yeah. So it gives you access to state land. So um, that is a bonus. I'm looking right here in our handy proclamation, which everybody should have. Statewide. But it is it is season specific. It's not year round. Yeah. So, but still, during that season, you have full access to state lands. Sure. Um, minus camping, uh, still, you still can't camp without the permit. Right. Um, bear tags, uh, bear and cougar, both. Um, the difference with those is you do have to check your zoning. Yep. Um, but they are an over the counter license. You're required and they have a season. Mm -hmm. Um, well, bears have a specific season, like a limited season. Correct. Cougar is year round, yep. um, but the requirement being with both bear and cougar that you are supposed to call, you know, the day before the morning that you're going or whatever, and check the hotline to make sure that your zone yep. has not closed. Yeah, and that's we're not going to get into the specifics of how that's done. Um, because but know it's in that, your proclamation. Yeah, know that that's out there. You need go, to check that. Yeah, go check it out. And um, just touch on it again for information purposes. Cougar and bear, you have to you have to wait two days. Yeah. To hunt after you've purchased your license, so yep. don't don't just say, "Oh, there's a bear, well, go, bear. go hunt it." Yeah. Um. So the only basically the only other real options in New Mexico are things like small game, waterfowl, upland game, which we're not going to get into specifics on those, but I will say this, um, even squirrel hunting is good practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stalking squirrels is great practice for stalking deer, stalking elk, stalking turkey, whatever. Um, you know, so, th- and it does present opportunity to get out, um, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, my kid hasn't drawn a tag and they've been putting in ever since they got their hunter safety card. Um, Take them squirrel hunting. Uh, it's good Which, practice. A lot of people don't know this, but there is a squirrel season. There is a squirrel season. <laughs> you have to have a license um, for it. Small game, but but it's it, what you it, buy with that game hunting license. It's opportunity, right? You know. So, like I said, we're not going to get into specifics on that, but it is opportunity. Um, after that, the real, the only real options um, is out of state, mm-hmm. uh, and. Out of state is always going to be a little bit more expensive, but you know, uh, particularly those who complain about non-residents coming here. Remember, we also have the option to go there, which is fantastic. Yeah, and and I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I wouldn't, I would never say I don't, I don't want non-residents coming to hunt in my state because I want to go elsewhere and hunt. I want to go hunt coos deer in Arizona. I want to go hunt mule deer in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I want to go hunt wolf in Idaho. I want to go hunt pronghorn in Wyoming. Um, 
I would love to go hunt moose anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of which, I know he listens to our podcast. Congratulations to uh, Mr. Nigren for drawing an Idaho moose tag this right. year. I am so freaking jealous. Right. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, that's that's kind of the whole point of that is I want to go enjoy the outdoors. Uh, I have a right to go and enjoy a right privilege, whatever you want to call it, um, to go enjoy the federal lands in Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Arizona, Nevada, Maine, wherever, mm-hmm. you know, and that's important to me. And it would be very hypocritical of me to say, I don't want non-residents coming to my state hunting right when i'm trying to go there right um having said that i do believe in their right to limit the number of non-residents uh because i do believe that residents who live there and and contribute the most to that community uh should have the majority yeah um which we do yeah and 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 i think and i think that's good um but there are a lot of states uh idaho being one Arizona being one, um, Colorado being another, that have over-the-counter opportunities to hunt big game. And actually, uh, you talked about Idaho. Idaho has probably the most, mm-hmm. uh, as far as a western state, the most over-the-counter opportunities for non-residents. Yes, they do, because uh, they have a lot of over-the-counter tags for deer, elk, antelope, um, and they're not draw tags. Yeah. Uh, but there, I mean, there are specific draw units, um, up there, but they do have, it's kind of a a quota, you know, once they've sold. It's first come, first serve. Yeah. It's first come, first serve. Once they've reached that limit, then they shut it down. Right. Um, and because I haven't done it and I don't live up there and I don't know the exact specifics, I don't know when that happens, but. Uh, the cool thing about it is you can grab a proclamation from Idaho and learn all about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Every state's got their. Yeah. Arizona, over-the-counter archery tags for deer. Mm-hmm. Um, over-the-counter elk tags opportunities in Colorado. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to go into great detail, but I've, <clears throat> and, and we'll, we'll, Put the links uh, to the, to the resources that I've found. Uh, there's there's a couple of websites that I've that I've just real briefly looked at. Um, have you haven't really haven't fact checked? I'll just throw it out there. I haven't yeah. fact checked these, but I'm imagining they've done their done their research. <clears throat> I'll put those links in, in our show notes um, on our website. <clears throat> but if you're looking for, let's say, elk. Um, uh, there's basically five states uh, that or have over-the-counter opportunity for elk um, for non-residents. Colorado, Idaho, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. Uh, Arizona has an over-the-counter tag in areas where elk are not wanted, so they're trying to do the same thing. They're not yeah. managing for those. Um, Montana doesn't have over-the-counter tags for non-residents, but they do have many units that are hundred percent draw. Yeah. So you look at that as well. Um, and then, 
uh, Wyoming, same thing. Many units have a hundred percent draw. Those yeah. are probably units like ours where they're they're not. It's not going to be a, a high success rate hunt. It's going to be yeah. an opportunity hunt. Yeah, and I'm sure all that information is there. You know, just like we have drawing lot reports and harvest reports mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Uh, most of these other states have the same thing. You ha- you have to do a little legwork, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what we're speaking to the the, the people that are going to be. Um, pursuing these opportunities are, are more than likely willing to do that legwork. And if you're not, then you're just going to complain about not drawing this year and hope for better odds next year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, kind of if you look at costs on those, uh, it's it kind of runs on par for what New Mexico is charging for an elk tag, uh, somewhere between, you know, 500 and and 600 bucks is the yeah. general price cow tags are are going to be a little bit lower uh but uh, for the most part that's what you're looking at i think colorado is um it's like four you know bull tag it says 672 for this year um i think maybe utah is the lowest at 458 but that being said uh you know a pronghorn a private land pronghorn license here in New Mexico, and this yeah. is pronghorn, not elk, uh, it is going for fourteen hundred. So, and you can weigh that. Yeah, and and you, you're exactly right. You know, if you're looking for meat, you can generally get a cow tag in New Mexico for a lot of times. You can pick them a couple up for hundred a couple bucks. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, but if you're wanting to add that little bit of added adventure, you know. Go out there, learn some new country. Absolutely, you know, um, or leave your money at home. Yeah, uh, you know, spend it, spend it here in New Mexico, and that's fine too. Um, I think the whole point of this is that there's opportunity everywhere. Sure, there's there's um, things to be learned, um, country to be seen, um, places to explore, be it here or elsewhere. And um, just because you didn't draw a tag doesn't mean that you can't get out there. Uh, you can't provide for your family. Um, can't put some meat in the freezer and, and enjoy some really cool experiences while doing it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, just run through just a few more here just to pique you guys' interest if you're looking. Uh, if you're looking for mule deer. Uh, some good places to look are going to be Idaho, uh, again, Nebraska, uh, Oregon, uh, Washington, and Texas, uh, believe it or not. Um, if you're looking for a whitetail, some good possibilities are in Nebraska, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and Oklahoma. Um, and then if you are looking for pronghorn, which we were, um, you can start your search in um nebraska they offer an archery only over the tag over the counter for pronghorn in nebraska that's a hard thing to do it is very hard thing (laughs) um and then colorado has an option for archery hunters to get an over-the-counter option um for pronghorn so we're not going to do all your research for you that nope. just gives you a place to start to look, um, just like us. You know, we're looking, we're looking for some some things and looking forward. We want to take advantage of of all the hunting p- 
possibilities that we can because it's just it has become such a passion for us um really the driving force behind this podcast to get information out there make sure that you know uh, we're educated as hunters and that we are um you know just enjoying what we're doing yep yep super cool thing to do um happy hunting happy hunting enjoy the season lots lots of options out there adios talk to you later adios thanks for joining not a grande outdoors podcast come follow us on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and don't forget about our website www.notagrandeoutdoors.com adios